You are watching or listening to the Jonathan Corey live stream. Be sure to follow and subscribe to my channel wherever you are streaming this and on any of the other sites that you happen to use as well. And be sure to leave some comments or reviews. It would really help me out. You can find my streams on YouTube, Twitch, DLive, Odyssey.com, VK.com, TV.gab, BitChute, Rumble, and on all of the podcast apps. You can read my blogs at JonathanCorey.blogspot.com. My main links are at Linktree slash JonathanCorey. And you can find the rest of my links, my older secret content, and my guest appearances on other podcasts or streams at JonathanCorey.com. What's going on, y'all? Welcome in. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, y'all. Back, I'm here. I'm Jonathan Corey. Find all my links, content stuff, right here. <laughs> JonathanCorey.com on your screen, as always, or uh, Linktree slash Jonathan Corey. L I N K T R dot E E slash Jonathan Corey. Blogs, live streams, devotional readings. I'm gonna start doing that more. I keep saying I'm gonna do the good news for my dude streams, but I don't actually do it. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. I got a better devotional book. We're going to be diving into that. I got these podcasts, these social media links, groups to join, my P.O. box, and uh, donation links and stuff. All on my website, all on my link tree. Thanks for love and support, y'all. Thanks for tuning into this stream, live or later. I appreciate it. My numbers went down the last few weeks, guys. Haters. <laughs> Haters in the chat. F's in the chat for me. I'm dying over here, man. I used to get like three to five hundred, three to four fifty-ish every video or podcast total. Now I'm down to like two hundred, three hundred. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on, guys. No, I'm playing. You know I'm playing. You know we're joking. But what's up? This stream is baptism. We're talking about baptism a little bit. I was going to do like a full, full, full deep dive of like what every religion thinks, whatever, whatever, every denomination thinks about baptism and my full breakdown of it. But I'm just going to read something from my, I think it's John Piper. Um, it just kind of summarizes it all and talks about it pretty concisely. And then I'm going to talk about what happened, why I did not do it for a while and why I just decided to do it. Um, yeah, did a pretty neat thing last week. And we're going to talk about it here tonight. Next week, I'm going to do some mansplaining. <laughs> we're mansplaining next week, guys. So make sure you mark your calendars uh, or just tune back in later on if you can't be here on Monday night. Next week, what is that, the 23rd? For live stream 94, we're talking about women's. We're talking about the women's, y'all. <laughs> tune in to the man talking about what a woman is. I'm not a biologist, but I know what a woman is. Um, Monday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, like right now, right in this moment, 7 p.m. Central Time, the one true time zone, every Monday, almost every Monday night, <laughs> but we're going to be there next week. The weekend after that, I'm going to potentially be out of town. Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to be on a men's retreat in North Carolina with all the righteous bros in the uh, New Columbia movement, so that's going to be pretty dope. 
We are going to be meeting up for some fellowship, some fun times in the Appalachian Mountains. Doing some hiking, some whitewater rafting, some worshiping together, networking, building relationships, getting to know each other, you know, turning the internet into real life. <laughs> um, with the Southeast chapter of the New Columbia Movement on uh, Memorial Day weekend. So that's going to be pretty dope. So I'm not actually sure when I'm getting back. It might be late Monday night. It might be early Monday morning. Um, I might be exhausted anyways, tired, got stuff to do anyways, even if I do get back early. So I'm not sure I'm going to be streaming on whatever, like Memorial Day, whatever date that is, uh, two weeks from now. So that's a uh, probably going to be like a last minute decision. Um, and I think I'm going to be going to like an awesome little chapel with those guys, a little Catholic chapel with those guys that Sunday. So that should be a good time. I'll report back what happened. <laughs> what happened that weekend that's, you know, appropriate to share, that's not spilling the tea or anything, not like revealing anything personal or like talking about what I shouldn't be talking about publicly, you know? Um, not that we're doing anything like wild and crazy. We're just kind of hanging out in the woods. Hanging out in the woods. Dudes being dudes. Guys being guys. Bros being bros, you know? Um, so yeah, I got my laptop fixed. And sorted out all my equipment for uh, potentially like getting some some uh, podcasts going, recording some of the dudes while we're there, while we're in the cabin in uh, the Appalachian Mountains. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna be like live streaming it. I'll see if there's like Wi-Fi there. It's good Wi-Fi. I might just like pop it on, make it a live stream. Um, not planning on that. I'm planning on maybe just recording them as like podcast audio files, and then I'll upload them to this channel later on as like videos and podcasts later on with some of the dudes in the southeast chapter of the new columbia movement um so yeah so that's exciting right uh, a lot going on with that been working a bunch lately <laughs> like 100 110 hours a week working a lot i'm um, trying to buy a truck i keep running into problems in every direction with that I'm trying to get a uh, trying to get a truck i keep not being able to I'm dealing with other life stuff and you know all the usual satanic battles and <laughs> satanic attacks and spiritual battles but you know all is well when god's on your side I can't bring you down not today and not ever satan get out of here get <laughs> wrong saloon bucko um, so yeah, just in general, life has been busy and trying and difficult, but it is all for the best and all will be made good in time. All that is intended to be bad will be made good in time. So sorry about missing some weeks over the last like month or so. And sorry about, you know, potentially missing some more weeks <laughs> in the next month or two. Um, life is, life is lifey you know life is getting pretty lifey out there my dudes so um we will, we will uh sort some things out and get back to streaming more regularly soon i got some awesome topics coming up what are the topics we're gonna be talking about deliverance again next week we're mansplaining i'm mansplaining to, get to all the women out there dudes get your women next monday night sit down and hear what i have to say next to her make sure she's listening to you <laughs> make sure your woman is with you when you, on next Monday Night Live or whenever you tune in later on to hear me mansplain to you and to her, uh, it's going to be a good one. 
<laughs> then we're going to talk about Deliverance in the coming weeks. Um, I keep planning this epic Mouse Utopia stream. We're going to talk about that. It's going to be dope. It's going to be awesome. Um, we're talking about Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes. I have a full, like, prepared breakdown of it. It's awesome. It's dope. We're going to talk about Philemon, or Philemon, however you want to pronounce that. I say Philemon. Sounds right to me. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk, we're going to have some awesome guests on. A bunch of awesome guests lined up and coming on. So yeah, we got a packed schedule. And then episode 100 is coming up. What are we on right now? 93? Yeah. I think so. 93. So in eight episodes. <laughs> Am I just horrible at math? What would it be? Including this eight, I guess, right? Episode 100. It's going to be a mashup. It's going to be a breakdown and a summary of like everything I've done. Like basically just like all my clips, all, all the cool and funny and awesome stuff from all of the 99 streams that have come before it. And that should be in like a month or two, right? Or eight. <laughs> if I keep taking breaks and keep, well, you know, life, life keeps being lifey. That might take a little bit, but yeah, we're coming up on 100, my dudes. Thank you all for being here, for listening, for watching, for supporting, for memeing, sending me memes and topics and info and all the stuff and all the things. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Y'all are all amazing. Amazing. Um, so yeah, right on. I'm going to read this breakdown of baptism. That has been in my phone notes for a couple years. <laughs> Since 2020. I am pretty sure this is an audio transcript. But like like a text version of an audio clip file. Of a John Piper video. I'm pretty, pretty sure. I'm like 90% sure this is a John Piper video turned into a text. If not, shout out to whoever it is. Because it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's from that Desiring God channel video channel website that is associated with john piper so we're gonna read this some of your comments and questions if y'all are here i see you over on d live and youtube and twitch of course i have my one token twitch follower <laughs> who is here what's up twitch my one twitch follower what's going on set of acantus is over at the odyssey chat what's going on my dude set of acantus is coming on my stream sometime soon hopefully First, bring in, bring in the mods into the actual stream, you know? Bring in my mods into the stream. Um, we're going to talk about all the cool stuff he's doing. Out in, uh, 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 we're not doxing anyone, right? We're not doxing anyone. But he's doing cool things. We're going to have him on to talk about it. He's on the Odyssey chat. What's up, Odyssey? What's up, Twitch? What's up, DLive? What's up, YouTube? VK.com. We're on... <laughs> What's up, Putin? Over on VK. And we're on Trovo still somehow. I don't know how I didn't get, haven't been kicked off yet, but we're on Trovo. Same with YouTube. What's up, y'all? So again, I think this is John Piper, but we're just going to read it. Whoever it is, it's awesome. We're reading it. When does salvation start? Right? That's the big question. This is how a thousand different Christian denominations are founded, right? <laughs> mostly over this one question how and when does salvation start are we justified before in or after baptism are we united to christ 
do we become one with Christ? And does God become 100% for us before, in, or after baptism? Because in the New Testament, the word saved is used for what happens before, in, and after baptism. In Ephesians 2.8, we have been saved. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, we are being saved. And in Romans 13.11, salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Being saved happened before, it is happening now, and will happen finally in the future. The word salvation in the New Testament is broad and includes pieces of salvation. But what's really being asked is, when did it all start? When was the moment, when was the first moment of union with Christ? The moment of justification, which is not a process like sanctification is, but is decisive. God becomes 100% for us in the instant that we have faith in Jesus. If God is for us, who can be against us? From Romans 8.31, the legendary verse. When did that start? At what point does God count us a child, not a child of wrath, which we all are by nature, according to Ephesians 2.3, but a child of God? So that from that point on, he is 100% for us with no wrath. When did that happen? What was the decisive means that brought it about? that united us to Christ, that justified us? That's my question. I think that's really what they're asking. I mean, they're right to be concerned about it. There are texts that are puzzling. And again, this is how many different denominations can sprout up, right? Let me change. I don't know if this is different for you. Let me know if this like messes up everything. I'm hearing a lot of myself. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of myself on my microphone or my headphones. So let me give my answer from texts and then show how that point relates to baptism um, as a sole instrument of justification. Romans 3.28, we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of law. Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Romans 4, 5. To the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. And John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Acts 13, 38 through 39. Through this man, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed or justified from everything from which you could not be freed or justified by the law of Moses. On and 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 on. I could go, right? How many times are you justified and made saved? by your faith, right? Um, he says, I have a bunch of others, but I thought for time's sake, I'll just leave them out. You can read them for yourself, right? 
Here's my inference from those texts and many others like them. Justification. Being put right with God by union with Christ in the divine miracle of conversion and new birth is by faith and faith alone on our part. God uses faith as the sole instrument of union with Christ and thus counts us righteous and becomes 100% for us in the instant that we have faith in Jesus. That's my answer. So what about the water? <laughs> All right. We're justified by our faiths and not by our works. Why is the water? Why water, right? How come water? And now the question is, how do you talk about baptism? And how do you understand those texts that were quoted that seem to connect baptism to, the, to that act, that beginning? Let me get some answers to that. The first thing I would say is that the thief on the cross was told by Jesus that that very day he would be with him in paradise. He was not baptized, right? <laughs> I know he's a special case. I don't think you build a theology of baptism on the thief of the cross. But one thing it says is baptism is not an absolute necessity because it wasn't in this case, nor in many others <laughs> of those Jesus encountered, right, throughout his ministry. Baptism is the outward expression of calling on the name of the Lord in faith outward expression of calling on the name of the Lord in faith. And here's the second thing I would say. Paul treats baptism as an expression of faith so that the decisive act that unites us to Christ is faith and it is expressed outwardly in baptism. I remember taking a retreat with 12 little cubs and one big Dr. Vader Leonard Goppelt? <laughs> did this just not be, did this just become a different language? We were talking about baptism the whole weekend, and this was my text that I put up. This is Colossians 2, 11 through 8, or 11 through 12. In him, in Christ, also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. You were buried with him and raised with him in baptism through faith. The burial with Christ in the water and the rising with Christ out of the water, it seems to me from that text, are not what unites you to Christ. That is, the going under the water, the coming up out of the water. That's not what unites you to Christ. It is through faith that you are decisively united to Christ. Water pictures cleansing. Uh, here's an interesting analogy since circumcision was brought into the picture there. And uh, <laughs> everyone always cringes, right, when that, when that word's brought up. And there's kind of an image of circumcision in Colossians 2. And if you go to Romans 4.11, Paul says, He, Abraham that is, he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised, so that righteousness would be counted to them as well. If you just take the analogy, 
and that's all it is, it's just an analogy between baptism and circumcision, then this text would say that baptism is a sign of righteousness that we have before we are baptized because we have it through faith and through union with Christ. We are justified at the very act of genuine saving faith in Christ. And then baptism follows, right? This is me, side note. You're not going to be baptized if you don't have faith, right? <laughs> Does it necessarily faith have to come first for you to make the decision to get into the water, right? You have to have faith first. The baptism is the works that follows after the faith. Seems like the faith is the most important part, right? The first step might be the first, might be the most important part of the journey, wouldn't you say? Um, then we go to the relevant text in Acts that the questioner raised. Acts 22, 16. Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Now, if you stopped right there, you'd say, well, there it is, right? <laughs> the proof is in the pudding. The water is the forgiving agent. But that's not where you stop. It says, rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. The sense, I think, is the same. Baptism is the outward expression of calling on the name of the Lord in faith. It's not the water that affects our justification or union with Christ. The water is a picture of the cleansing, but the faith in the heart, the call on the Lord from faith is what unites us and forgives us. Now, that's the meaning that 1 Peter 3.21, which everyone likes to take out of context, prove their little point here, actually picks up on when it says, in relationship to the flood and Noah's rescue, through the ark, through the water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, that is the salvation of Noah's family in the ark and the flood, now saves you. That's probably the clearest text for those who want to say that baptism is salvific. <laughs> That's a wild word, right? Salvific, that baptism is what saves. That baptism actually does the saving. It says baptism saves you. And then immediately, as though he knows he said something almost heretical because it would so compromise justification by faith, he says, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal. Right? He's like, almost catches himself, right? Like, oh no, not to be confused, guys, not. <laughs> Even though everyone wants to pick that, take that out of context and say, look, here clearly in 1 Peter 3, Look, clearly baptism is what saves. No, if you keep reading, <laughs> if you read the whole the whole thing, the whole chapter leading up to it, and then everything after, you know, you'd see it's out of context. So now we're back to this call issue. Wash away your sins by calling on his name. Acts 22, 16. So 1 Peter 3, 21 says, Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, it's the call of faith from the heart, not the water. Peter explicitly says, not as a removal of dirt from the body. In other words, it's not the actual functioning of the water that does the saving. 
even though he just said baptism saves you, what he means clearly is that this outward act signifies an appeal to God that's coming from the heart. It's that faith that saves, right? The first step has to be your faith. You can't get in the water and be baptized unless you have faith. It's what's most important. It's the first step. When John the Baptist or Mark calls his baptism a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, um, you can find that in Mark 1.4, it probably means a baptism signifying repentance, which brings forgiveness. Repentance is simply the way of describing the change of mind that gives rise to faith. Repentance is simply the way of describing the change of mind that gives rise to faith. Now, here's one last important text they're raising. In fact, this is where you begin, right? Acts 2, 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It looks like this. Condition number one, be baptized. Condition number two, forgiveness will be given to you. I've been arguing because I think so many texts teach it that no, repentance and faith as one piece are what obtains forgiveness, not the act of baptism. I think that text should be read something like this. I remember seeing this two years ago and then finding it in other places. Suppose Tony... Hey, Tony. Hey, you out there. You're Tony, right? Suppose you are Tony. Hey, Tony, you want to go from Phoenix to L.A. on a train and it's about to leave? I say to you, grab your hat and run or you'll miss the train. Now, I just gave you two commands like Peter gave two commands in Acts 2. Right? Repent and be baptized. Two separate commands. But only one of them is a cause of getting to the train on time, namely running. I said run, but I also said grab your hat. Grabbing your hat is an accompanying, accompanying act, not a causative one. It may be very important, right? <laughs> it may be very important. Uh, there may be all kinds of reasons why you should have a hat. <laughs> right? You're going to need a hat for that train ride. I don't know why, uh, but you're going to need one, right? It would really help if you had a hat on for this train. Why did you tell him to grab a hat? Well, I've got my reasons. <laughs> All kinds of reasons, right? But grabbing the hat does not help you in the least get on, the tr get on that train on time, right? The running to the train is what got you on that train. You should grab your hat. You should get your hat and make it make it to your train on time. But the hat did not cause you to make that train, to get on, you know, on that train on time to go from LA to Phoenix, right? The running is what did it. So too, the faith is what saves, not the accompanying act. Now that's why I think we should hear Peter when he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. And make the train of forgiveness. You get on that train of forgiveness if you repent and are baptized. The repentance, the change of mind that includes faith, gets you to the train. 
And baptism is important for all kinds of reasons, but it's not causative in the way that repentance is. Here's my bottom line answer to the original question. All right, here's the summary here right at the end. Faith precedes baptism. It has to, right? And he says, that's why I'm a Baptist. Faith precedes baptism. It has to and is operative in baptism. So we are justified at the very first act of genuine saving faith in Christ. And then baptism follows and preferably would follow soon as an outward expression of that inward reality, right? Was that confusing? <laughs> was that confusing? It kind of touched on all the points I was like gonna talk about and touch on that you can't, like the important thing is faith, right? And we're gonna get into this, we're gonna keep talking. But that's this issue, right? I mean, how many people have been in my ear for the last couple years saying you have to be baptized, you must be baptized. You're not a Christian because you haven't been baptized. You're not saved because you haven't been baptized, right? Regardless of my faith, regardless of where, what my walk looks like, regardless of where my heart is, you know, regardless of my actual relationship, my spiritual connection to my Lord and Savior, my Creator, you know, regardless of that, people from the outside will look at me and say, you're not saved because you haven't been dipped in water. You haven't taken a bath. <laughs> you haven't taken a bath and said the magic words, so you're not going to heaven, right? How many people said and thought that, right? But it's, it's, it's silly. It's just silly, guys. It's just silly. <laughs> faith is what matters. Faith is faith has to come first, first, and faith is important. I mean, how many times did Jesus say, rise and sin no more. Your faith has saved you. Your faith is what I, can, is what I want. What I want you to do is repent of your sins. I want you to forgive your neighbors, and I want you to have faith in me, right? And then how many times did he say be baptized? Twice. <laughs> Maybe three times. I might be wrong about that. You know, thief on the cross is the example most people point to. I mean, how could the thief have possibly been baptized, right? You can say that. Like, he didn't have a chance to be baptized. He's literally physically nailed on a cross. Um, but Jesus clearly said that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I don't care. You're going to be with me in heaven today. You... You, you unbaptized man who is showing faith right now in your final moments, you, you unbaptized man who is not being dipped in water after your faith, after your newfound faith in me, doesn't matter. You're still going to be with me in heaven today. And, um, you know, to some denominations and to some people who misread the Bible and believe in a false gospel, they'll somehow look at the thief on the cross and say, eh, I just, I don't know if he was saved because he didn't say the right words and get baptized, you know? Ah. <laughs> Disregarding the fact that Jesus himself said exactly where he's going to go. Like, there's not even a question. He looked at the man and said it publicly and was recorded for everyone in history to follow that followed after to see and read clearly that this man's faith is what saved him. This man's faith is what entered him into the eternal kingdom. Not the dipping of water, not the bath, not the cleaning of a skin, right? Not the symbol of your faith is not what saves you, 
but your faith itself is what saves you, right? So there's that. We, we can ramble and <laughs> I can keep rambling about this. I can pull out some notes in my phone and pull out Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse that shows that, you know, faith is what <laughs> is truly important. Faith, repentance, forgiveness, and obedience. And then obedience at the end is what leads you to being baptized. A show of your obedience, a show of your faith, a, an outward expression of what is happening in your heart, right? So all that, all this is to say, I did the thing. I finally went and did the thing last week. Let me pull the pictures up. That's me. <laughs> That's me in a pool getting baptized by the homie, by my brother in Christ, Trey Bonds, who uh, was my guest back on Livestream 74. If you want to scroll back on my feed and watch that or listen to that, um, awesome conversation with Trey. Um, so yeah, that's me about to get uh, baptized, right? I don't have the video because my girlfriend who's in the chat commenting right now didn't send me the video of it. I only have a couple pictures here. Here is me in my death, in my momentary death underneath the water, right? Like Christ, I, I died and I was buried in the water like Christ. There's me, there's Trey, struggling to lift my fat behind back up out of the water. <laughs> right there. That's the moment, right? Rise again. So there's the death. There's the symbolic death. Like we, like we, we join Christ in our death, right? The death of our sins, the end of our past. Again, the visual, physical representation of what's the sim the symbol the symbology of what's happening inside my heart or what happened in my heart the death of my former life the forgiveness of my past sins being washed away and then rising again into a new life right <laughs> just two lads just two christian lads being homies in a pool getting baptized right And then after, so I got I got baptized alongside two other people, Davina and Shane, in my Bible study groups. My Bible study group. And afterwards, all the other homies, all my other brothers and sisters in Christ at that group, jumped in and joined us for a little, you know, post-baptism swim celebration. Hanging out like hanging out like brothers and sisters do in the pool. <laughs> So there's that there's all that right so yeah again trey baptized me i feel bad he had to lift my my fat behind out of the water <laughs> he did he, he he managed he successfully he successfully did so um and yeah for the year and a half that we've known each other so far um he has made me wiser bolder more humble less arrogant um, he's helped me further. He's helped further me along in my faith walk in various ways, in so many ways, so many discussions as my coworker and Bible study group partner, and going to the same church, and talking and chatting and fellowshipping and ironing iron sharpening iron. You know, at all times when we're together, the man never gave up attempting to get me to take this next step, right, in being baptized physically baptized in water 
unlike most people who uh, might have stopped after bringing that topic up like one, two, 18 times. <laughs> you know, most people would be like, hey man, get baptized. Oh, okay, you're not going to do it. Okay, whatever. Hey man, you should really get baptized. Like, oh, there we go. Oh, hey man, I'll baptize you, dude. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Usually people just stop, but Trey didn't, you know? And not like, you know, so he just keeps reminding me, keeps reminding me, keeps bringing it up, keeps bringing it up. Sometimes it's a joke, sometimes it's like being funny, and mostly just like kind of like a serious, genuine plea, right? Never once did he do it in like a condescending or judgmental way. Never once was he like overly aggressive or too pushy. Never once did he question my faith or question my salvation, right? <laughs> he never once did he condemn my choices or view me as a non-believer. He's just the man who just simply reminded me that it needed to happen at some point. Just the man, the true man of God that kept reminding me that, hey, at some point you're going to have to do it. I know it's just a physical, symbolic representation of your faith. I know you, Sean. I know you're a man of God. But at some point, you are going to have to do this because we are called to do it. It is an act of obedience. It is a work that is to follow in your faith at some point. And he just calmly, normally, like as a bro, as a homie, would remind me and not let me forget that it has to happen at some point. Not condescendingly, not judgmental, you know. Um, and so for that, so for doing that for the last year and a half, uh, we did the thing. I, I, he baptized me. My homie Trey baptized me. He dipped me in that water, <laughs> that really warm water, um, before many other of my brothers and sisters and helped me take that next step in my walk towards God and his right ways. You know, making that public outward expression of my faith. The homie was there. And I made sure to ask him to be the one who did the thing, right? So now, there, uh, I'm going to read, read this. Read this and summarize it. And ramble and rant for a little bit. But this is kind of why I uh, put doing this off for so long. If you've been here, if you know me, um, you might be wondering why it took me like three years to uh, get baptized <laughs> you might be like shocked and surprised like how have you not even been baptized dude like I've learned from you you've encouraged me like you inspired you converted me to Christianity and you aren't the one who's baptized like three years later right so how and why so how and why did it take me so long to get baptized right I will tell you the story now let's dive into the story why it took me so long to get baptized so I encountered Christ in late 2018 um, when he revealed himself to me and began working in my heart following the lowest times of my life. I was, of course, radically transformed from living in darkness to walking in the light as I began reading the Bible for the first time in 2019, diving completely into his word and seeking to truly overcome my fallen state, finding the truth, the hope, the love, that I could never find on my own or give to myself. I sought then and forevermore to live righteously and become spiritually reunited with my creator, seeking the salvation and eternal life that only he can provide. When I read the Bible and studied Jesus' teachings and the commands of our maker, I saw a blueprint for salvation that included faith, repentance, 
forgiveness, and obedience. I was going from a state of being that was so lost and so far removed from righteous living in all the ways and so distant from God's plan for my soul that I focused all of my energy on the important parts first, right? I had to start building the house from the, from the ground up. Right? I wasn't worried about what the windows were going to look like or what the paint was going to be. I had to make sure and solidify the ground layer first, right? I had to make sure my foundation was strong. I had to start from scratch. I did not have a lifetime of being born and raised, knowing what to do, hearing what, what the right way to live is, right? I didn't know God or his right ways. So I had to start from the ground up and build up from the bottom. Couldn't cheat. There's no cheat codes. There's no shortcuts. I like, had to do it all the hard way, the real way, in the right way. Solidifying my faith, testing it, and strengthening it through all the ups and downs, the trials, the hardships, the struggles, and the victories, right? All the blessings. I made sure to repent of all the wrongs I had done, my many sins and my continuing sins. I made sure that my heart was fully and completely aware of how misled and sinful my flesh urges and my thoughts were and continued to be. I made faith and repentance paramount and of the highest importance in my life during my first year of finding the truth and love that lies only in Christ. Right? Faith and repentance had to be focused on, it had to be solidified, it had to be tried and true. This included sobering up, making a vow of chastity, apologizing to people, many people, for my many wrongs and crimes, and pleading before God to let what happened in the past remain there. Then, as he was calling me out of my life in California and towards a new life in Tennessee, I began focusing on forgiving others for whatever wrongs they had done to me and to all others, right? I realized that it would be foolish of me to beg God to forgive me if I was unable to forgive his other children of what sins they may have committed and what wrongs they may, may have done, right? I went to my mother and I went to my father and I forgave them. I let go of all my resentment and bitterness towards them. I didn't ask for any apologies or expect any specific type of reaction from them, be it good or bad. Um, but I just simply forgave them for all of what happened so far to me and in our lives. And have since continued to forgive them and the rest of my blood family. The next step on my journey, right? So after the faith, after the, after the repentance, after the forgiveness, the next step on the journey was obedience. And that was very difficult for me. After all the other stuff, it was actually easier to, you know, stop, like, be, like become sober. Stop being a pothead. Stop drinking all the time. Stop having sex. Stop doing the porn and all that bad stuff. Like, all the flesh urge stuff that, like, usually people have a hard time overcoming was, like, fairly easy. I'm not saying it was, like, easy, easy, but relatively compared to others, as it seems, it was pretty easy. What was difficult for me was obedience. <laughs> was, you know, genuine, true obedience to God and his word and his laws, right? His commands. Um, because I was a weak and broken male who spent a lifetime being rebellious and destructive, undisciplined and, and selfish. 
someone who actively opposed governments and religions, law and order, a guy who was libertarian minded, who, you know, described himself, who called himself an anarcho-capitalist, who thought that the solution to the world's evils was just total unchecked freedom and an elimination of rulers. It's like my solution to all the problems and the evils of the world, like let people be more free. <laughs> let no one be in charge. No one have authority over another. So it took me some time to overcome that nature of mine to resist being obedient to a higher authority than I. But something I became aware of during the earliest of my live streams on this channel, um, you know, as I was leaving California and moving to Tennessee, um, during the first seven or eight documented live streams on this feed, <laughs> you can go back, scroll back, watch or listen to all of that and see me and my, where I was in that journey. I was just beginning to realize truly the importance of obedience. Um, as I continued to dive into his word and studying his right ways and beginning to follow through in the works that follow the newly acquired faith in my heart, I began realizing the importance of obeying law, the need for order, and the necessity of submitting to God and obeying his commands. That these rules and limitations placed upon us weren't actually mean or oppressive, as I'd always thought they were and was always led to believe, right? But beneficial to us and necessary for us to overcome our animalistic, chaotic, sinful natures that you know tend to overwhelm us and destroy us and eventually kill us and lead us into a physical death when we distance ourselves from our maker and his right ways when we rebel against him so i began realizing that baptism among other calls to action by jesus and his apostles wasn't merely just something spiritual which was my original understanding of the word as i realized as i read in the bible for the first time right I didn't understand what baptism was because I was never born and raised in a church. I had never seen it happen. I knew that people got dipped in water. I knew that people like sprinkle water on babies' heads. I thought it was goofy and silly and not necessary. I read baptism as being something just purely spiritual. And the water was just some goofy thing that some goofy denominations do, right? That was my genuine authentic take as someone who was never born and raised in a church. And like I said, who rebelled against authority and thought religions were scams and mean and oppressive, right? Um, that was my interpretation. Um, but as I kept reading, as I kept listening to people wiser than I, as I kept understanding God's word more and more, it became clear that it wasn't merely just something spiritual, but was a call to obedience that we are to do at some point in time, right? And before that move to Nashville in late 2019, I, again, had never attended a church seriously. Um, I mean, I used to go to Bible studies with my like little neighborhood friends as a kid just to like eat the ice cream and play dodgeball, <laughs> like middle school Bible study groups. And then I would almost like disrupt the Bible study because I was such a non-believer and such a little <laughs> crappy, disobedient, disruptive kid. I, I'm sorry for you guys out there who had to endure me and being there, <laughs> eating your free ice cream, playing dodgeball with you guys, and then being a little jerk in the Bible study. But yeah, just never in my life have attended church seriously. I've never had, I never until, you know, again, this is in late 2019, before that move to Nashville, 
right as I right as I started live stream number one on this channel feed, ninety three episodes ago. Never attended church seriously. Never had a body of believers around me or any real interactions with men of God. Right? I was just reading the Bible for the first time and connecting spiritually to my Creator for the first time. <laughs> it was all foreign. It was all new to me. But after making the move out here, and during my trip out here, actually, I had some profound revelations and encounters along the way that helped open my eyes. And, you know, as I was working my way out of being homeless and just generally alone in a foreign city, I began to seek out wise men, um, seek, seeking out a body of believers to fellowship with, and just dove headfirst into as many Bible study groups as possible, and attended as many church services as possible, at different campuses and even different denominations all around town. And in like January and February of 2020, I was literally inside of a church every single day of the week. <laughs> I, you know, didn't dip my toes in the waters. I was like, just dove in, just went to the high, the high dive, went to the high board and jumped right in, <laughs> screamed cannonball and jumped right in the deep end, right? I was, I got a job working at a church, so I was working five days inside of one, talking to people in the hallway, interacting with people, reading my Bible on, on my lunch breaks, my work breaks and stuff. But then I was also attending four different Bible studies and going to church services on Sunday mornings and on Sunday nights at two different churches, as well as spending every other moment of my life either reading my Bible or listening to podcast sermons or just fellowshipping with other Christians and actively hearing out their beliefs and you know their testimonies and needless to say i was just like on fire for the lord right i was so on fire um spent every moment i possibly had growing closer to him and obeying you know learning to obey and follow him i still am it's just the physical attendance is not <laughs> as aggressive anymore so during all this, I began to search for the right church, right? And the right man of God, the right church and the right man of God to help me follow through with the outward expression of my faith and be baptized publicly. I was just like, let's search out, let's find the right church and the right man. And I'm going to go and be baptized and get it over with. And we're going to carry on with our faith walk, right? And so shortly after that, right? I'm like, okay, cool, dope. Like, let's go. I'm going to different churches. I'm feeling things out. I'm like trying to like fellowship and trying to find mentors and being discipled and stuff. And right when I'm like, okay, cool. I think this is, this is the church. I just got to find the right guy, you know? And then I find, I found a handful of guys. I was in this group, this group of a bunch of older people in this church. And I was like, dude, dope. One of these guys, or maybe the preacher, one of the preachers can uh, baptize me. Right. So I'm finally like, okay, here we go. Ready to do it. It's going to happen in like the next month or so. Um, and then after that, the entire world shut down and people everywhere just began acting super silly. <laughs> the, uh, everyone just became super duper silly right then, right as I thought I was about to go be baptized, right? The not pandemic broke out in March, 2020, as you all may remember. Where were you when the not pandemic broke out in March 2020? Well, I was about to get baptized. <laughs> I was going to church seven days a week and on fire for the Lord and learning so much and so close to going and taking that leap that of my obedience and my faith walk and getting baptized. And then, boom, all the churches closed. 
And all these, you know, so-called believers or people who are just weak in their faith retreated in fear all over town and, you know, apparently all throughout the whole world. Um, and just through it all, during it all, I saw through the lies and through the deceptions from even before day one. And, you know, with all these churches and all these groups, these church groups, these fellowships groups that I was attending just followed the commands of the satanic screens and closed their doors for months and months. I came to the conclusion then that I didn't actually need to be baptized by men in water after all right i fell back into that mindset that spiritual baptism was all that was needed and that physical water baptism just like physical church attendance um wasn't necessary in order to follow christ right as i kept hearing all these people say well the church isn't really a building you know it's a, we don't have to be in person guys let's just be safe and we don't have to be worshiping in person together church isn't a building the church is the the people you know so too did my mindset shift as i'm watching these whatever you want to call them <laughs> these church leaders say these things and make their little spins and their little justifications to hide their fear or mask their fear justify their fear i was like okay cool yeah i guess i don't need to be water baptized then either right like if if being a christian is just about like spiritual connection to our creator then great like that's what i should just focus on right if we don't have to physically go to a church to be christians and to worship and to praise god right if our faith if, if being a christian and, and following christ if we don't have to physically go to a church then why should we physically be baptized in water i was like cool i don't have to do that anymore i can just i'm, I'm good i'm safe i'm baptized by the spirit right I mean, look at all these other Christians. They're not doing anything physical. Why should I do anything physical? Um, so, you know, all these Christians around me became scared of nothing. <laughs> they abandoned their faith, seemingly, in order to, you know, keep their stuff and retain their status and avoid potential pain and suffering that might have resulted if they kept their church doors open to the public during this all. And, you know, when the members of these churches needed the most, uh, the leaders made the decision to run and hide. They closed the doors to the church. They told people to watch live streams from their homes, as you might remember. Excuse me. You know, all at a time when people everywhere needed community and fellowship the most, which was like so wild, right? And then too, at a time when I needed to be dipped in water the most, right? Right when I was starting to be obedient to the Lord, right as I thought I had found a church home, right as I needed to be baptized the most, uh, the doors closed on me, right? So yeah, as these people retreated, I retreated as well, you know, to be honest. If, uh, you know, if the physical church wasn't necessary to remain a believer, then a physical water baptism, again, must not have been necessary either right? That was kind of where I was at. Where were you during the pandemic? This was where Sean was. <laughs> this was the mindset Sean was in. So I struggled, you know, during that all, during that whole year, that whole spring, that whole summer. I, uh, per I mean, just honestly, I struggled to fight back my judgments about these churches and their leadership. 
I fought back my anger at their fears, right? <laughs> like, as I'm, like, criticizing the speck in their eye, I have a plank in my own, right? I'm, like, getting, like, angry and, and judgmental about their fear. <laughs> Not realizing that, you know, my anger and my judgment was also in the, was me being in the wrong. But I forgave them anyways, right? No matter what, through it all, I, I at the end of it, I fought back <laughs> my impulses. I fought back my nature and I forgave them anyways. And I just continued on in my own journey to follow Christ and obey God in all the ways possible besides church attendance and water baptism, right? So I kind of gave up on the physical. I kind of gave up on like going to churches when they were starting to kind of reluctantly and weekly reopen and not apologize to anyone and social distance and try to like put masks on people's faces. You know, I just kind of gave up on church attendance there for a little bit and uh, the idea that I needed to be baptized in water. I found, during this all though, I found two amazing Bible study groups um, during that year or two long not pandemic. <laughs> and who, you know, two groups who continued to meet in person despite what the big C churches were doing or not doing. And I found true believers to fellowship with along the way, right? I found people who weren't afraid. I found people who weren't scared, who weren't running and hiding. Um, I found mentors and righteously masculine men of God to disciple me and just carried on seeking God in his right ways, kept on live streaming and studying the word and sharing my thoughts and my insights and my what I was learning and what was going on in my life and in my head. Um, I think those were like live streams number like maybe 15 through 30 was kind of the height of the pandemic. If you want to go back and listen to all that, I'm talking about like the George Floyd riots and just all that craziness and nonsense that was happening that whole spring and summer. Um, so you can hear, you can kind of get a picture and a glimpse into where my mind was and where my mindset was during all of that, right? My live stream feed, which is basically just my permanent video diary <laughs> out there publicly for you all to uh, watch or listen to. But yeah, just carried on again. I sought mentors and righteously masculine men of God. Um, I found my own Bible studies that were meeting off campus that weren't closing and running and hiding again. Um, and I just carried on seeking God in his right ways, just continuing to become a better man um, without going to church and without getting baptized in water, right? Abandoning that calling to be publicly baptized in water as an act of obedience was kind of where I was at, right? I just kind of rest, rested on being spiritually baptized. And I just got used to that. I got settled into that for a while, for probably too long. <laughs> I, you know, just found it unnecessary, just like physical church attendance appeared to be. It's not necessary, right? I found, you know, those that preached baptism the hardest to be hypocrites for the most part and weak in their faith. I heard, you know, testimony after testimony along the way from people in my life and just people like that, I'm, that I don't know on the internet who were baptized in water, you know, at like a young age or early in their life, who then afterwards went on to reject God or just, you know, severely lacked faith in him for long periods of time. And I just increasingly, my thoughts just increasingly became that, you know, it was not necessary to be dipped in water by a man, right? 
And if anything, I saw it as something that might actually lead people to, you know, falsely believe that they're saved when actually they lacked faith and they, they lacked obedience and they didn't seek at all to actually truly follow Christ. They thought that because they took a bath at a church <laughs> publicly that they were all good. That no matter what, you know, they didn't actually need to have strong faith. They didn't actually need to repent of their sins. They didn't actually need to forgive others. They're good. They're saved. They've been dipped in water. So I kind of started to see all that hypocrisy and that just added to this whole idea that like we don't need to do this. It's not necessary, right? So for the last two years, I'll, I'll start summing this up. For the last two years, I was under you know the belief again that faith alone and a spiritual relationship with our Heavenly Father through His Son was all I needed. And in general, that is true, right? <laughs> in general, that comes first and that is most important, right? Faith, faith, saved by faith is the first step. Your faith in the Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, that faith is what saves and it is the first step, right? That is true, but that's not it, right? That's not it. There has to be steps to follow, right? There are works that follow your faith. Jesus did call us to be baptized a couple times, right? A handful of times. But time and time and time and time and time and time again, he called people that he encountered to believe and follow him. He clearly wants us to reject the world and our sinful natures, overcome our fallen state, and return to him with a humble heart. Um, to repent of what we have done wrong, to forgive others for what they have done wrong, and to love God and to love our neighbors, right? He asks those he encountered to have faith time and time and time again. He called those people to trust in him, and he promises those who do salvation and a place in his kingdom for eternity. He constantly told those who encountered him to rise and sin no more. He asked them to follow him, and he wanted them to seek righteousness over and over and over again, you know? And so it seems like those actions are clearly more important to our Lord and Savior than just taking a bath publicly, right? <laughs> it's like, how can you just like focus on these one or two verses about being baptized in water, you know? Maybe not one or two, but, you know, these handful of verses about being baptized in water and how it's necessary and kind of taking it out of context and making it so important when the whole gospel is all about having faith. It's overcoming your, your fallen state, you know, it's follow me, let go of your past, whether it be a good past or a bad past, let go of it all, rise my child and follow me, you know. Let go of what you're clinging to in this world and seek a spiritual connection, a spiritual reunion with your creator, your God, right? Time and time and time again, I'm like reading, as I'm reading the gospels over and over again, it just seems like faith is so important and baptism is so minor. But to people, <laughs> to people and to churches, it seems extremely important. It seems absolutely necessary. You know, you're going to hell. You're not saved if you haven't been dipped in water, right? And so I just saw these people as hypocrites. Like, no, like, I, 
are you reading the same gospel as me? Because like I keep reading parable after parable, story after story, encounter after encounter, where Jesus is telling people to have faith and to follow him, right? And only a couple times does he say, <laughs> be baptized in water, right? Um, but all that being said, you know, regardless of what is higher in the rankings of obedience, right? Or what's said more, or what's said more often, the fact of the matter is, right? No matter what I'm thinking about, and no matter if I'm like perfectly right, my take on this is so right. And there's high rankings of hierarchy of what we should be doing in our obedience, right? In our faith walk. No matter what, at the end of the day, like we are still called to be baptized physically in water by him, by and for him in his name, right? We are called to do it by Jesus and we are called to do it by his apostles, right? So my opinions like, oh, it seems much more important to have faith. It's like, yes, but there is also a call to be baptized. <laughs> you can't disregard that as much as like there's a... There may or may not be a hierarchy of what you should be doing in your faith walk, what seems to be more important or what you should be taking more seriously. At the end of the day, we're still called to be baptized in water. And I kept making excuses and trying to justify it and try to like excuse it away, you know. At the end of the day, no matter what, at some point, you know, you have to be, you have to take that call. You have to answer that call. You have to be obedient to that calling, right? Matthew 28, 19 through 20, the Great Commission. As you all probably know, Jesus says to his disciples after he rises, after his crucifixion, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Right? So until just a few months ago, I took, you know, all of this seriously in my life, <laughs> except for the baptism part. I stubbornly rejected the need to be baptized and to baptize others, clinging to that idea that spiritual baptism was all that I needed, right? And again, my brother, Trey Bonds, my brother, the homie, Trey Bonds, continued to take this calling seriously. He did, even when I didn't, right? And he continued to seek to baptize me and, excuse me, again, he continued to seek to baptize me and his example and his relentless pursuit of discipling others inspired me to take the plunge, like literally, right, right? And be physically baptized in water before a body of believers um, that has helped me in so many ways for over a year now, right? The homie, Trey Bonds baptized me in water before a body of believers. So, you know, as I walk up that staircase leading towards an eternal reunion with my creator, I took one more necessary step into the right direction and was baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I continue on now and forevermore in my journey towards God and his right ways. And I continue on here sharing my journey my experiences, my thoughts, my failures, and my successes with you all on these almost weekly live streams. <laughs> Used to be weekly, now it's just almost all, all almost weekly <laughs> live streams on Monday night. Um, and through it all, I'm thankful for you all, right? 
I am thankful for you all, for everything you've done for me in these last couple years as I carry on in this journey away from an old life of sin and towards a new light, a new life of light and love and truth, you know, of goodness, of trueness, of beauty. A life dedicated to Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord in all of the ways. So again, big shout out to Trey Bonds, my homie. You can check out my homie, my brother in Christ, a dude of dudes. You can check out my live stream with him back in my feed, um, live stream 74 on this channel. And his blood brother was recently on my live stream 91 just last month. Uh, Braxton Bonds, so check that out, live stream 91. That's Trey's brother. And he too has been a big part of my faith walk lately and is such an impactful you know, spiritual warrior, just a, a man of God, iron sharpening iron with me and a bunch of the other homies and the, the dudes in my Bible study. And it's just generally you know, a good leader in that Bible study group that has helped me, convinced me, and helped me take that next step of obedience that I did last Tuesday night, being dipped in the water. And so also, again, thanks to my girlfriend who's here in the chat, just spamming it right now <laughs> with hearts and emojis saying she's proud of me. Big shout out to my girlfriend who also has been praying for me for like the last year and a half to be baptized and who also helped contribute to me seeing the necessity of it. Love you, babe. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Um, and so with that, we're going to wrap up again. I did the thing. I did the thing. I got dipped in the water. It's about time. It took me three years <laughs> following my conversion to finally do it. But there's my there's my spiritual symbolic death with Christ. And there's the symbolic resurrection, right? With Christ. And going forward into obedience with the homies of my Bible study group, The Way. <laughs> the name of the group is The Way. Meets in Brentwood, Tennessee, every Tuesday night. If you're in the area and you want to come, hit me up. My channels, my DMs, my Discord. Slide slide into somewhere where you can send me a message and I'll send you the info for that. And you can join that group. It's awesome. So again, thank you all for the support and for the love over the last few years of my journey. It's been a wild ride. <laughs> it's been a ride, that's for sure. Thank you for all of those who have prayed over me being baptized and for all of those who didn't stop convincing me to make the jump and to just get on with it. And thanks for all of those who made the environment possible for it to actually happen. I love you all and I am so thankful that God has put you in my life. Y'all are all amazing. <laughs> amazing. All of y'all. So until next week, be sure to go out and do good, be good. Love and be loved. Thank you all for tuning in. All y'all in the live chat now or sometime later on. VK's popping off. I don't know why I'm like, I have like three or four viewers on VK right now. What's going on, Russian VK? Uh, my one Twitch viewer, what's up, homie? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in as always. My one homie over on Twitch. Um, all y'all on DLive and YouTube and all the things. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and as always, just keep the faith. Be loyal and have hope in your heart at all times and forevermore. I'll be back next week here, Monday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, the one true time zone. 
to mansplain to all you ladies out there, <laughs> tell you what a woman is, what a woman is not, and talk about some stuff and some things involving women's, the, uh, the modern state of women these days. We're diving into it. Um, until then, I love you all, and there is nothing, nothing you can do to change that. <laughs> Absolutely nothing you can do to change that. Love you guys. You are watching or listening to the Jonathan Corey live stream. Be sure to follow and subscribe to my channel wherever you are streaming this and on any of the other sites that you happen to use as well. And be sure to leave some comments or reviews. It would really help me out. You can find my streams on YouTube, Twitch, DLive, Odyssey.com, VK.com, TV.gab, BitChute, Rumble, and on all of the podcast apps. You can read my blogs at jonathancorey.blogspot.com. My main links are at linktree slash jonathancorey. And you can find the rest of my links, my older secret content, and my guest appearances on other podcasts or streams at jonathancorey.com.